more in touch with everybody about uh, the upcoming trip in April. Let's take our Bibles out tonight in the next few minutes and turn to the very last book in the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms, chapter 150. And as you're turning there, I do want to mention, be in prayer, especially for Miss Jean Goff. Uh, we got the word while we were away that some of her test results have come back very unfavorably. She will be having to have treatments. Uh, pray for her, faithful member, legacy here at our church, her family and their faithful service, and uh, lives not too far uh, through the woods there. You pray for her. And uh, get by and let her know that you love her, and uh, we're going to keep lifting her up to the Lord. Psalms chapter 150, if you're there, let's go ahead and stand. And I'm going to preach something tonight, uh, deliver a message to you, just very simple. Uh, Might even be categorized as a softball message. I hope to be encouraging with it, and it's something that our young people have taught me over this weekend. And uh, I appreciate them for that, and the Lord used them uh, to help us with the message tonight. Psalms 150, going to read all of it. The Bible says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to bless tonight. Father, thank you for the wonderful singing. Thank you for being the object of our song Thank you, Father, for giving us something to sing with and to sing about. And Father, I thank you for the word tonight that you've given us. I pray that you'd help us to say it in a way and to preach it in a way, Lord, that you would have us to. I pray you're even glorified in that. And I pray that during the invitation time, we'd ponder in our hearts this subject of praise. And Lord, I ask tonight that, Lord, you'd always help us, Lord, to be mindful and remembering, Lord, just all the many things we have to give you honor and glory for. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Obviously, our young people, the last uh, few days, we got to spend with them listening to them sing. And uh, what a blessing it is, just hearing how they're using gifts that God's given them to praise the Lord. And uh, encouraged my heart. Uh, I told them earlier, it's not often that young people make me cry for good reasons, Okay. Uh, I've cried a few tears over young people in my life, youth pastor uh, and pastor. I've cried a lot for bad reasons, but uh, I couldn't help it. Boy, over the weekend, listening to them sing uh, and use their voices to the praise and to the glory of God and just encourage my heart that we got back to the hotel room after a long day and uh, Leslie and I are sitting there in the hotel room and just beaming with pride, uh, a good pride at our young people and what they did. And I looked at Les and I said, let's just stop. Let's just stop right here, right now, and let's just spend a few minutes in prayer and thank the Lord for what he did, Uh, because he's done so much through them. And to think that our young people, now I know that like us adults, they can be knotheads at times, right? Amen. Just ask for the gym. He drove a lot of them in that bus. Maybe that's why he was driving so fast. He wanted to get the trip over with. Maybe uh, that's what it was, but I know they can be knotheads, and I'm sure moms and dads, maybe grandmas, grandpas, or just church members, you could tell stories about how sometimes you wonder if they're going to make it, right? Uh, But man, God was using them, and God was taking gifts he has given them, and they were being used to his honor and to his glory, and we just took a few minutes in our hotel room, Leslie and I did, and just wanted to take some time and pray. You know, I pray a lot, but I don't always praise as much as I pray. And I was very convicted about that. As I prayed for our young people, praying for them that God would use them and 
uh, that, that God would bless and honor their work, that maybe they'd get a, a third place or a second place, and, and lo and behold, God bless them to get a first place. But boy, how often do we pray for things and don't follow it up with praise? I have to tell you tonight, I'm, I'm very guilty of that. Charles Spurgeon said, praise is the rehearsal for our eternal song. We get to heaven. You know what we're going to do? We're going to praise. That's what we're going to do when we get to heaven. Uh, we're going to be around the throne of God, and God is going to be there, and all the wonderful things of heaven are going to be there, but we're going to occupy our time praising God. And boy, we're going to have so much to praise God for, uh, I mean, just for being there, for what God did for us. The family members are going to be there. Dio Moody says, if a man just stops to think what he has to praise God for, you will find there is enough to keep him singing praises for an entire week. I dare say that he'd go for a month if we thought about it long enough. And I'll be honest with you, I'm going to be very transparent with you tonight. I oftentimes have my sights set on more about what's wrong and what could be better. I'll be honest with you, that's sometimes how our focus is set. It's easy to see those things, isn't it? What's wrong and what's broken and what needs to be fixed. But if we just focus our attention on what we have to praise God for, I think we could occupy our time in a more fruitful manner. As a matter of fact, the truth of the matter is, I think if we really begin to focus in on it, we'd find more to praise God for than to protest about. Are there things wrong? Yes, our country. Boy, my goodness. There's so many things that could be better, and yet we have so much more to praise God for. Psalms 42, preached out of it many times. Difficult time here. David says, why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. I love the word yet in there. Meaning, yes, I have reason to protest, and I have reason to complain, and I have reason to gripe. He says, but yet I will praise God. Because we have more reason to praise God, don't we, tonight? Here's what I'm afraid of. Uh, in our popular contemporary society, uh, a lot of worship movements have been called praise and worship movements, right? There are movements, there are genres of music that are called praise and worship, uh, and sometimes we recoil from that, right? It's like sometimes the Holy Ghost gets abused in some charismatic circles, and so we shy away from using Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit, and yet it's in the Word of God, and it's the third person of the Trinity, because someone misuses and abuses it, we shy away from that. And because there are movements of praise and worship that maybe we shy away from and we do not gravitate toward, it should not make us shy away from praise in itself. Why? We have too much Bible on the subject of praise. Imagine the difference tonight that it would make to those that are around us. The people that we're in contact with on a daily basis, if we set our sights in the morning time, that we're going to find a reason to praise God. Now, I know that's not something that's going to come natural. It's going to come supernatural. Because naturally, we see things that are wrong. We oftentimes see the glasses half empty rather than half full. And yet, Psalms 150, the last psalm in the book of Psalms, gives us a pattern for what our praise should look like. Tonight, just for a few minutes, I want to look at this thought of purposed to praise. You and I have been given a great opportunity to do what our young people did tonight, and they've done all week, and that is to praise God. To lift up the mighty name of Jesus for what He's done in our life, 
in what He is doing in our hearts, what He's doing in our church, what He's done in our family. We have too much to praise God for. We are purposed to praise. We are the ones that God has equipped to do that. And I feel like we fall down on that job. Tonight, I want to show you the pattern in Psalms 150. Just a few things. We're going to walk through it. This is an easy message. Relax. Not going to be happy on the edge of your seat. I promise. Look at verse 1. The Bible says, here it goes, starts off with the word praise. Ye the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. I want you to notice a word mentioned twice in, in verse 1. The Bible says, praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. This is low-hanging uh, low fruit here, easy to get tonight. Notice, first off, if you will, where to praise. If you'll notice, there's a pattern that unfolds in the six verses of 150, helping us understand what the pattern of praise looks like. And verse 1 shows us where to praise. The Bible says, praise you the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in the firmament of His power. What is it talking about? It's talking about praising Him in the habitation of God. The sanctuary, Old Testament, it was the habitation of the presence of God. Now wait a minute. We're not in the Old Testament anymore, are we? We're in the New Testament. What does the Word of God say? The Word of God says in 1 John 4.13, Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us. Listen, God is not indwelling the building. God is indwelling His temple, which is you and I. And the Bible says to praise Him in His sanctuary, which the good news tonight is that's you and I. That you and I are the inhabitants of the very presence of God. He's not inhabiting a building or a temple. He is inhabiting you and I. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple. So where do we praise tonight? Well, it's very simple. His house his people, His praise, that's you and I. That, oh, we should be vessels of praise. You know, when you come to Central Baptist Church, you hear good music, amen? At least you hear something good while you're here. You may not hear good preaching, but you're going to hear good singing, amen? And boy, it was wonderful today. Our choir, our young people, it's the congregation, it's just been good. But boy, we ought to be known for praise tonight, not just in this building, but in this habitation of the presence of God. Oh, listen, when people at our, our job, now look, don't be an annoying co-worker, all right? All of our staff will tell you, we have annoying co-worker around here, and it's me, probably. Don't be the annoying co-worker who's always bugging and bothering people, but can I tell you something? You ought to be the co-worker who's known for praise. Now look, look, I had not got this down pat yet. I'm working on it, okay? Getting to the place to where we are known for the praise of our God who lives inside of us. That we are the sanctuary in verse number 1. Where do we praise? In His sanctuary. Just a little while. It's tournament time here at Central. And our guys are gearing up, right? We ready to go? I've offered them a $100 bill for the first one who dunks in a game. I don't know how close they're coming, but Noah and Isaiah are uh, they're, they're getting up there. All right. They're getting up there already. Do you know when you come to our gym, we're not going to be singing the cheers of the other team. All right? We may be a Christian school, but we're not going to do that. Look, we're not going to be cheering on the other guys. Now, you can, and it's okay, and I guess it's all right to do that. But somewhere in the midst of that crowd, I promise you, you're going to find Angel Simmons, the central cheerleader. And she's going to be riling everybody up. She's going to have that place going, and I promise you, 
the cheers she will be singing are going to be about the Raiders. That's what it's going to be about. Why? That's our house. That's our gym. All right? It's our colors. That's our team. Now, can I tell you something? We are His habitation. We are His sanctuary. We ought to be known for the praise of our God. That's where we ought to praise God for. What does He say? In His sanctuary. Praise Him and the firmament of His power. Somebody told me one time, you shouldn't go to bed without knowing that you've learned one new thing. I hate to tell you, I, I dropped the ball on that one a few times. I told Brother, was it Brother Michael, I think I told Brother Michael that yesterday. We were in Bucky's. It's like the topic of the day, doesn't it? I picked up a breakfast burrito. It was round. But on the label it said, taco. I held it up to Brother Michael, who is a food connoisseur. Yeah, Brother Michael, he's in here tonight. He's a food connoisseur. There he is. <laughs> he's sliding down. I hope this is right because I'm fixing to tell everybody. I said, it's mislabeled. He says, what do you mean? I said, it's a burrito. It's round, not a taco. And he put his head down very respectfully. And he says, well, pastor, uh, a taco has open ends. A burrito has a closed end. So that can still be a taco even if it's rolled if the ends are rolled. Now, I don't know if you made that up, but I was convinced. He said it convincingly. Everybody said, don't Google that during church, all right? Don't do that. I thought to myself, I can go to bed now because I've learned a new thing today. What a taco and a burrito really are all these years. I've got it wrong, okay? Boy, I, I tell you, it'd be a shame for us to go to bed at the end of a day without having praised God for something. It'd be a shame for us to go through an entire day and complain and protest about things we don't like and things that are wrong and yet not take a moment to look around and to praise God for His goodness because that's where we're supposed, what we're supposed to be known for. Praise God in His sanctuary. Where to praise? Well, it's right there. It's us. You say, well, it's hard to praise God right now. Can I tell you? That's the time you should be praising God the most. Now, I... Whew. Definitely don't have this one down, Pat. Boy, when I was studying this and preparing this, studying praise all throughout Scripture, I ran across an interesting principle. I'll give you Second Chronicles 20, 22. The enemies, three different enemies had surrounded Israel. All right? And as they have surrounded them, Jehoshaphat is trying to decide what to do, and he goes to God, and he says, God, you said you'd fight for us. God, you said the battle was yours, and we wouldn't have to stand, and uh, you would do it for us, and so... The Bible says this in 2 Chronicles 20, 22. Jehoshaphat got all the people together. The Bible says the families, even their children. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Do you know what part of God's battle plan was for them, for his people? praise. Then at a moment to where they had three different enemies around them and he didn't know what to do. God, what are we going to do? God, you said you're going to protect us, but it's looking pretty bleak right now. The plan was praise. The Bible says about God, what he said about Israel, the Bible says that God inhabited the praise of Israel. That it was the praise of God that drew his presence even more near. Can I tell you, it goes against common thinking, doesn't it? 
that when times are tough and times are bad and I feel surrounded, that I'm just going to praise the Lord. You're thinking, are you kidding me? Now's not the time for that. Oh no, that is the time for that. Because that's when God's presence inhabits the praise of His children. Oh, I'll tell you, I think that's what Job had figured out that we haven't figured out yet. Here's Job losing everything. And what did he say? The Lord gave, the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the face of his battle, Job praised God. And it seems like that the presence of God was near Job. Like God inhabited the very praise that was there. Can I tell you tonight, we've got plenty of reason to praise God. You say, are you kidding? No, we do. There's a deer in my office. Not a live one, on the wall. You never know. There's a deer in my office on the wall, and he's not the biggest deer in the world, biggest deer I've ever killed. And that deer had roamed around our community, and, and everybody had seen it, and everybody had taken shots from it. We had rednecks in our church, man, shooting out the window of their car, shooting at night. They didn't care. They're going to try to get that deer. And um, the property I hunted on, nobody had ever seen that deer there, but it was on the property next door. One day I visited the hospital at Force General, and I got home at 4.40. It's going to get dark around 5.30, and I had about 30 minutes to hunt, and I ran to the property, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, if you would bless me to get that deer, I'll tell everybody you gave it to me. I'm sitting there. I'm not there 20 minutes. Sun setting, going down. I look up, and there comes that deer walking right to me. Now, what happened to my prayer life between then and now, I don't know. But boy, he's walking right up as proud as could be. Took one shot. He went 20 yards and fell dead. And Got the deer mounted and got it back from the taxidermy. And boy, I'm sitting in my house, taking pictures, sending it to my friend. Look at my deer, look at my deer. And that still small voice of the Holy Spirit says, remember what you said. Remember what you said. So if you go in my office and look at my deer, on the, deer, on the bottom of the, deer, the, the wood, there's a plaque that every good and perfect gift coming from above. And on there, the very top, it says, the blessing buck. Now, it's just a deer. I can't take it to heaven. But boy, God gave me that. And I want everybody to know that God gave me that. But you know, God's done more for me than just giving me a deer. Man, he saved my soul. My wife is saved, according to her testimony. My daughter's saved, according to her testimony. We need to go to heaven together. Hopefully not anytime soon, you know, but... We're going together. I'm going to be in heaven with them. My mom and dad are saved. My, my niece got baptized this morning. I mean, my soul. God's been so good to us. Why are we not, verse 1, sanctuaries of the praise to our God? He inhabits us, does He not? We're kind of like the nine lepers. Where are the nine? There's only one that returned to give praise. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how bad things may be. I want to tell you, God's been good to us. And God has blessed us. I mean, my soul, the young people singing tonight, you are a blessing to us. Man, we praise God for these young people. Now look, I'm not setting them up for a fall. They're going to have troubles just like the rest of us. But boy, at this moment in their life, God's using them. Amen. Got something to praise God for. We don't have to look far. We've got to realize, where do we praise? Well, in His sanctuary. Have you ever gotten to know somebody through somebody else? Have you ever had somebody that talked about somebody else around you so much you felt like you knew them? I have. And then you meet them, you're like, I feel like I know you already. Why? Because somebody just kept talking about them? I'm sure you do that about your spouse, don't you? I mean, everybody, your coworker knows how awesome your spouse is. 
Amen. Brother Richard, amen now. Amen. They don't know anything negative about your spouse, right? <laughs> All the good stuff. Man, her meatloaf is world class and my soul. She gives me a kiss on the cheek when I walk in the door. And man, he sure knows how to cut the grass. And then they meet you and they feel like, man, I, I feel like I know you. Why? Because somebody just talks about you all the time. Wouldn't it be amazing if people got to know God that way? I just wanted to get to know your God. You talk about him all the time. Man, it's raining. Man, rain's falling down and you're like, you know, isn't it good that God blessed us with some rain? Uh, I mean, the wind begins to blow. You say, boy, isn't it good God blew all the love bugs away? You're not one of those people that those kind of people gets on your nerves, are you? No. Why? Because every good and gift and perfect gift cometh down from above. What a praise God. Where do we praise Him? In His sanctuary, which you and I are. But watch this. Verse 2 takes a different turn. Verse 1 says, praise Him in, praise Him in. Watch this. Verse 2, praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. So now we're going from praising in to praising for. We've shifted to where we praise to why we praise. That's number two tonight. Why should we praise? Oh, we've got plenty of reasons to, don't we? The Bible says praise him for his mighty acts. You know something about God? We do not serve a blind figurehead. You know, the people who worship these little idols and these little wooden statues and these uh, ceramic gods that they have crafted with their own hands, they can worship them and praise them, but it's hollow. Why? They've never done anything. Never created anything, never healed anybody, never blessed them with rain. And yet you and I, watch this, get to praise an almighty God for His mighty what? Acts. It means God has done things that we can see. You know, I, I uh, remember going to my mom and dad's house. They had a sliding glass door, one of those big sliding glass doors. When I was a kid, scared me to death to go down and make dad coffee. Dad drank instant coffee. And my sister and I would, would argue over who had to go downstairs at night to make the coffee because there was no curtain on it. And I just knew I was going to look out that window and see a wolf one day. We don't have wolves in Mississippi, but nobody told me that, okay? After Miley was born, she would go stay with mom and dad and visit with them a little while. And I'd be sitting there at the kitchen table looking at the glass door. And I would see little fingerprints about two and a half, three feet off the floor where Miley had, you know, all over the glass. And you could tell Miley had been there. The front of the stove, it was there. The front of the dishwasher at our house, and you see fingerprints. You could tell she had been there. Why? Her fingerprints were everywhere. She's a kid, her fingerprints all over stuff, all in her mouth and all over everywhere. We started praying this a lot of times when we leave the house to come to school in the morning. Miley and I will get out, we'll go and we'll drive her up here. And one of our prayer requests is every day that, God, we want to see your fingerprints. We want to know you were there in our day today. God, would you help us see your fingerprints today? We were, we were driving to Dallas and uh, headed to the wrong in and out That still gets off of me because I didn't get to eat anything in and out. Zach didn't bring me anything either. Um, we're, we're coming to Dallas at rush hour. Dallas rush hour is worse than Hattiesburg rush hour. It begins to rain. And then it began to hail on our car. So we, we're videoing it. Leslie's videoing it. Uh, going down the road. Dallas rush hour hail. Thank the Lord I didn't know I was headed to the wrong in and out, or that would have been it. I'd have turned around and come home. And we get to the wrong in and out, 
And I look over the in and out, and guess what was there? A beautiful rainbow over in and out. Every time I see one, you know what I think about? Promise of God. I could have talked about, man, this was rough, going through Dallas, rush hour, hail, and you look out. And how can you not look at a rainbow and smile? That's the fingerprints of God. That, oh my goodness, yes, there's plenty of things that didn't go right. But boy, God is still good. And God still keeps his promises. You know, sometimes it's hard to see the blessings when you're surrounded by burdens, right? Absolutely. But Job did. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Acts 16, 25. Paul and Silas, the Bible says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Now you think about that. It's midnight. I don't know about you. I don't feel very spiritual at midnight. If I'm awake, I don't feel very spiritual. It was an unlikely time. They were in prison, an unlikely place. And yet they found the time to praise God. Why? Because we have so many reasons. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Psalms 22.3, the verse I mentioned a moment ago, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Here's, a, here's something that dawned on me. How often in a tough time do we allow our circumstances to silence our praise? And we fall into the exact trap Satan wanted. Because if God inhabits the praise of his children, and we praise in those tough times, the presence of God is ever nearer. But we have tough times and we don't praise God. And I know it's hard. I, I haven't got this one down pat yet. But we realize that is exactly what we needed to do. I want you to notice something in verse 2. I'm going to hurry, okay? Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. So notice, it's not just praising what He's done. It's praising who He is. Praise Him for what? His excellent greatness. Not just praising Him for the stuff He's done. I'm praising Him for who He is. Man, our choir sang it this morning. Almighty. It's not describing what He's done. It's describing who He is. He is Almighty. That's the God that we're serving. Can I tell you something tonight? In a world where there's not much certainty anymore, aren't you glad to know who our God is hasn't changed? That God is who He said He is. He is still great. You know, we prayed that as a kid. God is great. God is good. We should start praying this as grown-ups. God is still great. God is still good. Let us thank Him for our food. Because by His hands we are fed. Thank you, Lord, for daily bread. Hey, if you got something to eat, that's from God. Why? Because God is still good and God is still great. Go home tonight. Whatever you eat, Sunday night is usually a free-for-all at our house. Mom and dad, we get home from church, preacher's kid family. Sunday night is a, Sunday's a long day, and we would have chips and dip. We'd stop by the gas station, get those little cans of uh, Tostitos cheese. Dad would let me and my brother get our own can. Well, we knew we had made the big time then. Got our own little can of cheese. We'd sit there, boy, to eat it together. Doesn't matter what you're eating. Boy, if you got something, you got it from God. Why? Because he's still God, he's still good, and he's still great. Why should we praise? Well, just because of what he's done. His mighty acts, according to his excellent greatness. But then watch this. Let's hurry. 
We see in verse 1, we praise Him in. We see in verse 2, we praise Him for. Verse 3, we praise Him with. Boy, He gives us a long list there for the sake of time. Look at all the instruments that are mentioned. Verse 3, verse 4, verse 5. I've got to think to myself, we don't have a lot of that in our school band. I'm not sure what a psaltery is to begin with. Do you know what I think he's getting at there? I think he's showing us how we praise. How we praise. So what are you getting at? Well, it's simply this. I can't be sure, but it appears that God wants us to praise him with what he's given us. Hey, verse 3, you got a trumpet? Praise the Lord with the trumpet. You got a psaltery or a harp? Praise the Lord with that. You got a timbrel in verse 4? Dance, praise him with string instruments, or praise him with that. Verse 5. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Can I tell you something? It's like grace that we preached on last week. The Bible says, as every man hath received the gift, so let him minister. Can I ask you a question tonight? What instrument do you play? What instrument do you play? You're like, oh, preacher, you don't want to hear me play anything. You got something you can praise the Lord with. You got something. I don't know what it is, but you got something. I know some of you have the gift of hospitality, just so kind, compassionate, and caring. And I'm always hearing, so-and-so dropped by and brought me this cake. So-and-so brought me these cookies. You're playing your instrument. You're praising and glorifying God through the gifts that he's given you. Can I ask you again, what instrument do you play? What tool do you use to praise God? What tool? I believe he's telling us in verse number 3, verse 4, and verse 5, how do we praise? Well, praise Him with what He's given you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. The Bible says, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? The Bible goes on to say, therefore glorify God in your body. Glorify God. You know what the word glorify is rooted in? I love word studies. The word glorify is rooted in the word reflect, which means to bend back. So that when God shines His goodness down upon us, Watch this. We glorify Him with what He has shined upon us. Which means we reflect it back to Him. That when somebody comes up to you young people and says, Wow! God has blessed you with wonderful talent. You say, Yes, isn't God good? You see, you bend it back to Him. You didn't go, I know. Boy, you girls sound so good. I love when Brother Zach just swatted the boys away. Alright, now it's time for the main event, right? Swatted them away. Well, you girls sound so good. I know, I know. No, no, no. That's absorbing the glory. We're not supposed to absorb it. We're supposed to reflect it, bend it back to God. Find a reason to praise God with whatever gift that God has given you. We got down to verse 5. I'll be honest with you. Uh, you're preaching through verse by verse. And I says, all right, Lord, what do you mean here in verse 5? Praise him upon the loud symbols. I can just see every kid tomorrow, Brother Micah, Brother Zach, they'll come over to school and volunteer to play the cymbals. Like I saw an Andy Griffith like that. It doesn't end well. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Do you know what it's sounding like? It's sounding like fervor and heartily. Loud and high. Whatever gift you have, play it for the glory of God. The Bible says, whatsoever you do, Colossians 6.23, heartily as to the Lord. I'm not going to play my cymbal. 
No, I'm going to play it loud. I'm going to play it high. Why? Because I want to glorify and praise God. He's worthy of the best that I got. I'm not much of a pep talker, but I went in and talked to the young people. I went out in the foyer, I think, and talked to them before they went up to sing. And I told them what I usually tell Miley before she plays. Don't forget. Don't forget. You get out there, you're going to play. There's going to be hundreds of people there. But you're really playing for an audience of one. An audience of one. Now, I know as a parent, because I've been there, my mom and dad give me pep talks, I know that I can't totally block it out. But boy, what a vision. Whether you're playing that piano or a guitar or singing in the choir, to block it all out. Just imagine you're singing for an audience of one. And you're going to sing at verse 5 with fervor and heart and with all of your might. Why? Because he's worthy of that kind of praise. He's not worthy of half-hearted praise. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. I'm going to give God the best that I got. Why? Because he's worthy of that praise. That's how we praise him. Number three, how do we praise Well, praise Him with what you got. Whatever gift He's given you, praise Him with what you got. Finally, verse 6, and we're done. So we see in verse 1, praise Him in. Verse 2, praise Him for. Verse 3, praise Him with. And finally, we got verse 6, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Finally, notice who should praise. Who should praise? The Bible says, let everything that have breath, praise the Lord. At the very least, can I tell you, you may not have a psaltery or a harp or a cymbal. At the very least, we have breath. We have breath. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. I love Psalms 97.6. The Bible says, the, the heavens declare His righteousness. The heavens do. And all the people see his glory. Have you ever, usually it's out west. We don't get to see around here because we have a lot of trees. If you're out west, maybe Montana, Canada, out in those areas where they have a lot of big sky country, at night you go outside and you look up and you see the heavens, you see the stars that are, are numberless. You can't count them. And boy, you feel so small looking at the glory of God on full display. It's, it's amazing. I mean, you can do that here, but boy, you just see it bigger out west. But you look out and you look up and you say, wow, wow. The heavens without, without a word are declaring the glory of God. The stars do not have a mouth. They do not have breath. And yet they are declaring the glory of God. They are going, wow. Boy, and I, I read that, I couldn't help but think how much more you and I, who do have breath, should be able to glorify God. Say, can I just tell you about what God has done for me and my family? Can I tell you about the goodness of God in my life? I read a story about a Civil War soldier who was on his deathbed. He called for the preacher. The preacher comes in expecting him to pray that God would heal him. True story, I can't remember what the kid's name was. The soldier says, I'm going to ask something of you. He says, I can't write. He was blown up. He says, but I want to send something to my mother. He says, would you cut a lock of my hair out? I want to send that to my mom. So the preacher did that and put it in the envelope. He says, would you write down to my mother that I'm so thankful that God gave me a mom 
like you. And I'm so thankful that God gave me a mom that took me to church where I could hear about Jesus because I'm about to go and meet him. Tell my mom I'm so thankful for the hope of heaven and knowing that I'll be waiting on her for the Lord to call her home. I couldn't help but think about Paul when I read that story where Paul says that God's going to be glorified in his life or his death. Folks, tonight, you and I have so much to praise God for. We've been given breath. We've given life. And let's just resolve in our heart that we're going to be purposed to praise. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up. I'm going to find a reason to praise the Lord. Why? Because there's some people around us tomorrow who need to get to know our God through us. And one day, they're going to say, I've heard so much about him. Could you introduce me to him? And that's when we share Christ with them. You and I are purposed to praise. We are his sanctuary. He's given us the gifts of life and breath. And our sole desire should be to glorify God with all that God's done for us and through all that God has given us. Amen? Our heads are bowed tonight. Our eyes are closed. Let's stand together.